0: In today's episode we talk to Catherine Ross, the COO at iEqual Change. iEqual Change works in partnership with some 170 odd big name retailers to give back with every online purchase with complete transparency. They have taken the traditional way of donating and flipped it, where the brand makes the donation once the customer chooses which of their three charities they would like the donation to go towards. And the proof that this is what their customer wants is, as they say, in the pudding. IEqual Change have proudly raised over 2.7 million and counting for their NGOs. We look forward to seeing more retailers get on board. During this podcast, we discuss the creation and motivation behind IEqual Change their B Corporation certification and the importance of more brands joining the B Corp community their partnerships with big name retailers such as PE Nation, Bed Threads, Tammy Hembrow and many more we also talk about the partnership between giving back and retail and how this should and most likely will become the norm in line with the changing consumer we also talk about how they saw a significant spike in donations due to Cyber Week and what the future holds for iagle change a big thank you to Catherine for joining us. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you again so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
1: Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's uh, a exciting time to be having this conversation as 2020 comes to a close and we all prepare for an entirely new year.
0: Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for anyone listening who may not have heard of Equal Change, would you please tell us a bit about the business and how it works?
1: Certainly. So, Equal Change empowers online retailers to give back with every sale with 100% transparency. So, it flips the traditional notion of of giving back and corporate social responsibility in that the brand commits the donation, they select three amazing organisations, and the customer gets to choose where to send the brand's donation after their successful purchase. So, all our brand partners now give back with every sale harnessing that purchasing power for good. We've crossed over 2.7 million dollars raised a dollar at a time and I can remember when it was just over 400,000 which felt like a really big deal at the time too.
0: Yeah when when did the business start?
1: So Jeremy the founder had been working on it for for some time before I had kind of talked my way on board so he'd been going since about 2013 there was a lot of tech development that needed to happen and a lot of conversations about purpose within i suppose the e-commerce space other sector weren't ready to hear that that was going to be the direction in which everything was moving so he spent quite a bit of time just on that um logic and persuasion piece there so when I joined uh, in 2000 and, oh my goodness, I think it's 2017 I come on board, um, we, you know, between the two of us, we began to see some really exciting growth as the, the market also began to normalise the notion of, of purpose um, from, from businesses outside those who are already committed within their ethos.
2: So on that, how has the mindset shifted? Because I think we've noticed that as well in business. Um, that it's been a gradual shift but there obviously I'm sure you know in 2017 even there would have been a bit of that pushback potentially?
1: Certainly I, I think it's one where giving back was viewed as as a cost and a nice to have and oh well you know, we're not necessarily a um, completely ethical business in 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 every aspect you know we've, we've got some plans there but giving back felt like it belonged in another realm. I think there was just too much separation between um, for purpose and for profit. And I suppose one of the tasks we gave ourselves was to bring those two closer together and start looking at this, not only from the, I suppose, the heart position in the, you know, that that's probably the easier way to, to look at purpose, but from from the head noting that this was a business decision. So what were the business objectives that this would meet? and start proving the value from, from that perspective. And the consumer data was was already there and gathering a lot of momentum. But yes, in, in 2017, a lot of it was about normalisation, um, about taking this from the other into, you know, no, this, this will be mainstream and it won't be a trend. So start preparing now because you, you have the chance of being left behind. Or to flip that notion, you have the chance to be um, one of those powerful differentiators to be an innovator, to be one of the thought thinkers. So take that as you will.
0: Mm, mm. So what was the main motivation for starting the business? Or, you know, what, how was the concept thought up?
1: Uh, so Jeremy, the founder, had, had, or still does actually have his own olive oil business with his family and had travelled the world quite extensively, uh, meeting a lot of organisations and, of course, wanted to help but uh, as a small business and kind of one person felt a, l- a little limited in what he could achieve. Mm-hmm. So he wanted the business to be able to, to do something as it as it scaled up and looked for, for something in the space and it just simply didn't exist. And so Jeremy being Jeremy uh, went about creating it himself. So Yellingbo Olive Oil was the, the first brand on the platform and it, it took a, a lot of conversations, it took a lot of tech development to make something that was beautiful, that would fit in line and, and ensure that brands wanted to use it because it had to be a part of their site experience. It was never going to be a plug-in or, or something that um, didn't have that that total commitment and that total transparency to it. So um, I, I think it was a very ahead of its time and certainly when I came across it um, for the first time, I was in traditional fundraising and I had noticed some significant gaps in what was able to be achieved within partnerships there. And and when I saw technology being utilised in the way that Jeremy had developed, I just said, "This is the future. This is where it, where it's going." And I actually contacted him and told him that I would I would work for him. So made that transition there based on on the potential of the the technology coming into the, the purpose space, that's what really excited me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think it's really, it's interesting to see, I mean, even following your background, but I think more generally that shift from uh, giving back, being like a separate entity to mm-hmm. a whole business and kind of the incorporation of being a responsible business. And and thinking about how it can be integrated into the mechanics of purchase or the mechanics of how the business operates day to day is such a, I mean, it makes sense now in hindsight, but it was obviously such a shift into that space. Um, So it must have been interesting for you to then watch that shift as well, because no doubt there's a lot of not for profits and and a lot of businesses in the charity space that are probably also looking for that maybe more seamless partnership between, Mm. um, I guess, uh, for profit and not for profit businesses to be able to part- work together a bit more closely.
1: I, I really agree with that. I think that there are a lot of businesses wanting to, to do good. They want to understand how they can do it. They want to understand how, within their resources and the the knowledge that they have, they can they can make this possible. Because giving back, it does have some some areas of consideration that one needs to to move through. Um, but also for for those not-for-profits and for those partnerships, you know, they are in a really difficult position where they'd like to service all, all partnerships to, to the same degree, but they have to create tiers within that so that they can function effectively. And we know that the not-for-profit industry is so resource constrained as well. So you know, part of our, um, I suppose, position in the middle there is is working with the NGOs so that all our brands have access to content and stories about their extraordinary work and that they can use this at any point in time so creating that seamless connection so if someone wants to put up an Instagram story tonight they can just jump into a folder and access what they need and we've got a, a database they can log into and in real time calculate their impact be it for the week for the day for the month for their entire partnership so that that works that out in in real time based on the information that we know from, from our wonderful NGOs. So bringing those two together and I think the key focus here has been removing pain points. That's mm-hmm. That's been our core objective because you know, if people find roadblocks, it's very easy for it to get pushed back down the list. And I think the way we're moving Purpose can no longer kind of have that position of, you know, we'll get there. Um, it, it, it's actually a, a priority
2: which is actually really interesting because one of the things I wanted to ask you about was obviously being a B Corp. Yes. We're also a B Corp and it's because something that has yes, <laughs> So something that, you know, has popped up again and again and I think this year maybe we've noticed more uh, retailers that we work with referring to B Corps or finding it aspirational to think mm-hmm. about a B Corp. Was this always something that you had planned as a part of the business to get that certification?
1: It is, and actually, I uh, Equal Change was one of the first B Corps in Australia, and we're really, really proud of that. Um, and for us, you know, being a part of that broader community, being a part of that commitment to transparency and authenticity and you know, the, the leadership that's that's required within purpose is something that you know, we hold um, really, really true. And I suppose that, that additional element, that measurement component of are we all taking steps forward we're all doing good but let's do better and I think that ethos is one of the most powerful components of the B Corp community and that that ability to have those relationships with other businesses within and the um the best for the world is always an exciting time of year to see just all the good that's being achieved and the the newcomers and the the stance that the community can take all together we've seen that um become a more more and more powerful voice and as more members join and as people understand what accreditation can mean for their business um, in terms of really doing the deep dive and it is a deep dive, as you know, <laughs> yeah. having gone through it. Um, it's not for the faint-hearted, but that's what this commitment looks like. So extraordinary community and love that we're both a part of it and for anyone listening, it certainly is worth the paperwork and worth the scrutiny that you'll put yourself under in your processes to, to become a part of the the movement.
2: And I think even as a, this is kind of going to the side, but even to understand what the roadmap looks like to be a better business, because often I know it was definitely our experience was doing it. And then you're like, there's all these things we could be doing that we actually hadn't considered within the business that that accreditation prompts within Mm. the business. Um, And so you start to think about it, I think, not in terms of that, maybe more traditional CSR reporting, but more in terms of, like, how does being, how does purpose and responsibility come together with capitalism in order to create this business that, I mean, we're very small, but, like, in order to have a positive impact, regardless of the size of the business that's in operation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the scalability is also important. So you grow with your accreditation, and it forms part of that growth strategy. It's one of your pillars, and you know, it, it's totally infused in, in who you are and what you're doing. So you know, I suppose that also adds an additional element to those who do join when they're smaller. You know, like us as well. You know, as you bring on more people, as you add in new processes, that's that's the the lens that you see it through as opposed to someone who might have to shift their thinking to adapt the processes that they already have. So it's interesting looking at the two perspectives there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then it makes you hope as a consumer that you, because I start to see more brands that have the, you know, the B Corp symbol on them and I think it's actually a motivator for me to then purchase with them. So then I then hope that there are more retailers that come forward and go, actually we want to be more responsible or transparent or you know whatever their motivator is but yeah i mean and speaking of retail brands um you have some pretty huge uh retail partners like pe nation bed threads and tammy hembrow like so how did you forge these relationships
1: look it's it's been an amazing journey it's been I suppose, the, the central component of my my role from when I joined IACLE Changes is, is really representing the possibility to, to brands, um, whether they'd approached us or whether I'd approached them. Um, I'd actually been introduced to PIP at EVANF, um, the Melbourne Fashion Festival opening event down here in, in Melbourne, and um, might have talked to her ear off about <laughs> I Change and what we were doing to kind of set the set the scene there. And then, you know, it's one where these conversations are ones where I, I have no no qualms about approaching someone completely out of the blue because it's one where whether you partner with ICle Change or not, I'd love to see that conversation in motion in businesses about what purpose looks like, what their why is, what aspects of community are they most passionate about and where can they see their impact potential. So that's that's always been my under underpinning and it doesn't and never, never has felt like a, a sales role or element. It's been about let's have a conversation about this. If there's an alignment here, wonderful, we'll move forward. If not, find what works for you and do something because that's the most important component. But, yes, amazing brands. We're, we're so proud to be in partnership and seeing, seeing the Apple Change logo you know, featured on their sites alongside some of the big players like Afterpay, you know, um, it's, it's definitely a big moment and you know, just love the creativity that, that drives the brands as well. You know, They're the ones thinking of all the new ways in which they can communicate it or build it into, into their strategies and pre-existing plans. So um, it becomes this kind of self-fulfilling cycle once a brand is on board. But yeah, just couldn't, couldn't be prouder of all those who've made the, the commitment thus far
0: yeah I actually saw so my you know recently my experience with it is I did an order through a store I'd never purchased from and ended up loving the experience but it was compounded because at the end I got to do that donation and I just thought wow this is like I'm going to come back and shop here because I know I'm making a difference but it's even though it's not me that's physically doing that you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's nice and it felt like that brand was so aligned with what you were doing that it made me love the brand even more.
1: I'd be curious to know who it is, but I won't ask the question. Um,
0: I can tell you the brand is called All Phoenix. It's an active web brand. I have them on now. <laughs> oh, you do too. They look fantastic.
1: <laughs> now, All Phoenix have been been wonderful. They've been with us for, ooh, that, I think, approaching two years and launched around International Women's Day. That's the beauty of my role in wearing so many hats. I get to know each and every one of our brands very, very well. Yeah. But I think just just speaking to your point there, that, that's the feeling that we ultimately want a customer to have you just been empowered by a brand to make the choice on their behalf and find a cause within their three that that resonates with you and that that's a memorable experience and obviously customers have the option to add a donation themselves should they wish but the core component is that brand has just role modeled what purpose means and what what community means and the fact that they're saying we've got three amazing areas that we're supporting mm. pick, pick the one that that speaks to you and you know we're seeing extraordinary engagement on the platform you know from the average across most of our brands is 50 to 60 percent of customers making a choice which um some people there's going to be two different reactions to, to that some people going oh that's that's not as close to 100 percent." but within e-commerce getting two to three percent of people to do something is enough to have like, We've got sparklers out for for that within the e-commerce industry. So 50, 60% is, is something that's really, really exciting. And the platform also has a random default. So if the customer doesn't make a choice, that brand is still giving back. With every uh, set up. That yeah. was
0: going to be my question because I accidentally—I've done now three orders with them.
1: <laughs> loyal, very loyal.
0: Yeah, loyal, and a little bit of an um, wear addict. But um, again, <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't—I wasn't sure if once you exited the browser early, if a donation was still made. So that's wonderful.
1: We we really wanted to tick all the boxes there, and you know, obviously, the more familiar you are that the brands giving back, but you're looking for it now, so you'll you'll certainly be allocating that each and every time. So um yeah that that's certainly key to us that that brand can say hand on heart we're giving back with every sale. because you know there's that piece of integrity and authenticity there that's just so pivotal to this movement you know part of the reason why we've done what we've done is because the the models of we give back in those vague statements you know we support a logo here 100% 100% of profits that unfortunately can mean everything and nothing. At, at the same time, we, we kind of believe that those days are, are over. So that transparency piece, yeah, absolutely front and centre.
2: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like thinking about how giving back a partnership can become the norm and not become, I guess a lot of us have come out of marketing here and not become a a marketing tool as opposed to, I know there's like this great quote, it's something like, you know, just to be caught doing the right thing. It's not about, you know, it's not about putting it on show or advertising Mm -hmm. it, but it's doing the right thing because it's just the right thing to do. And it's the purpose of a business has to be more than making money. Um, You know? And so it's like, how do you think about ways to give back or ways to not, break the capital model but to rethink how it can actually um be advantageous to the rest of society not just to shareholders um so i think that's really interesting with that conversation on transparency because no doubt moving forward and i think already in the past there's been so much about questioning and i think naturally a level of skepticism on behalf of the consumer as to okay cool but where does my money go yeah.
1: absolutely and and that's the right question to be asking i think you know, we are in an age of question everything and you know i would joke to my poor parents that i never grew out of that toddler why stage of asking that way too many times a day um but i also believe it served me really well and the more people you're know, seeking to understand what has always been taken as the usual or that can't be changed the more we will actually start to see that that shift and and as as brands become more aware that and that they've been feeding that information through you're know, what had previously been unquestioned is is certainly under the microscope now from every aspect of their their businesses, and you know that that causes them to to, to rethink and, and perhaps some of their future decisions have been impacted by the fact that they're going to be questioned about it. So let's let's get ahead of that and make a decision that will be better for for everyone. And you know, um, that that notion of um, overall transparency is is certainly one that consumers and just even at the individual level everyone's craving that and people want to build relationships and they want their lives to reflect their values and so the only way they can really achieve that is by putting everyone through their paces
2: yeah absolutely absolutely so obviously we've kind of hit a week post black friday and um, Cyber Monday. Did you see a big spike in donations over that sales period? We,
1: we certainly did. And I actually ran our impact calculation so I could share that with you. So we noticed that it started a little bit earlier. So I've gone just beyond the parameters of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, just to, to acknowledge that some of the brands um, started early and, and finished a bit later, despite um, the communications usually indicating that it will be just for those those days, um, but overall our community impacted the lives of over 233,000 people. Wow. The supplies provided, which is uh, predominantly the bushfire relief that's still continuing, are over $27,960. And then in terms of our environmental um, measurements, we've recently added some environmental projects. Over 90.3 tonnes of sediment was removed from the Great Barrier Reef 49.9 tonnes of carbon was was stored and up to 220 kilos of plastic was removed from our oceans.
2: Wow. Wow.
1: So that's all from, from that time period. So, you know, it, it, it's one where I think that's the beauty of being attached to every purchase. You know, there is that change that's being created just from that consolidated, um, you know, sales periods you know, some brands participated some didn't but giving back with every sale achieves that momentum by by the pure attachment to to the good good and bad days for a business
0: and that gives me hope as a consumer like just that more people are going to take this on and start doing this because like that really does gives me chills that something that people have talked so negatively about you know about this overconsumption. consumption whatever but you know it's so nice that it's going towards something a bit bigger, you know, and, and I just want to see more retailers do that. And, and so that kind of leads me nicely into my question, which is do you think that partnership between giving back and retail will become the norm?
1: I do. I, I think it's one of my kind of fundamental beliefs and and it's one where because we do see them, these amazing results and we're, we're also unlocking case studies for those businesses in terms of you know, how it's meeting their objectives, you know, increasing conversions, increasing open rates, increasing engagement. So we know the consumer wants this and, and is responding and we, we recognise that there is that kind of ripple effect that we've been speaking about within the industry. Um, mm-hmm. you, you do see it particularly within e-commerce. Your brands are inspired and influenced by each other and you know, we, we can sign up and announce one brand and then those who appreciate them um we'll also get in touch with noticed the direct correlation there so i think the ecosystem becomes its own and purpose is one that has just so many objectives that can be met and the change that can be created by businesses large and small coming coming together is just so significant that i I don't believe this is a a trend this is i guess there's a we like to call it the, the new normal and <laughs> you know, there, there are other countries that are perhaps more advanced. You know, a, a America, we had some of our brands heading across and when they were meeting with agencies, one of their first three questions that they were asked was about their, their impact. What were they doing in terms of society? So I think those are all very promising signs and you know, once this is normalised, you know, the, the whole exciting conversation becomes about, what's next and how does this get progressed in and of itself? And it, it, it does excite me. It really does. So absolutely. Okay.
0: So what is next?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, it's, it's been a year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been,
1: well, we, we, um, we respond to emergency. So we started the year uh, much earlier than anticipated coming off leave for, for the bushfires and floods and commencing that emergency response. And um, then without even a beat, um, bushfires are still burning and COVID uh, gets underway. So I think for varietal change, the, the opportunity lies in, in our scale-up and, and that, that growth in terms of the number of retailers, the number of donations, and then looking at how we can really continue the kind of disruptive um, pattern that we've been on we were able to have an extraordinary year this year because retailers had had that moment that you know no one no one is immune and you know it's an unfortunate circumstance, but I think a a realization that just so many had that um, you can be in Australia, you can be anywhere in the world, and life can change yeah. completely outside of your control. So that that notion of you know, needing to to be a part of I guess that vision you have for the world um, has has just been so central. But next year will be a a really big year for for purpose. It'll be a really big year within um, consumer values and we've got some exciting partnerships that we'll be be releasing and um, we we start the year off um, with International Women's Day. We have the big Shop for Change campaign where the majority of our retailers accelerate their impact to $5 with every sale. For the twenty-four hour period, so make sure you shop with all Phoenix uh, on that day. <laughs> I will, <laughs> um, but but in amongst that, you know, part of, part of the messaging surrounding Shop for Change is that our retailers are giving back three hundred and sixty-five days of the year. But we really want to centralise and focus on that for International Women's Day. So that that's how we will uh, commence twenty twenty-one. Which it just doesn't feel possible that that's right <laughs> around the corner, but here we are. And, you know, apparently we don't get too much say in it, so we'll, we'll run with it and just really excited to, to see that momentum continue to grow, um, hopefully in a more COVID normal environment because mm. we had some some other plans that definitely got put on hold, as I'm sure everyone, <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone <laughs> did. That's the, that's the shared shared experience of, of this year is you know, really letting go and you know, the ability to adapt and, um, you know, try and look at both strategy from a long-term and short-term perspective and figure out the priorities based on what can be achieved at the yeah. time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you ever um, contact businesses and get a no? Like, does that happen? Look, of course. Um,
1: it, it certainly does. And I think like we spoke about it, it's that normalisation piece and you know, the, the flipping of the, the model but also the flipping of someone's thinking of going the, the no usually comes from this this is purely a cost to to the business whereas the the conversation we wanting to have is is about that consumer alignment piece and saying yes you're giving back with every sale but what will this mean um in terms of you know those who are now wanting to shop with you based on that values piece what about those who um want to understand more about what it means to be a business in 2020, 2021. And you know, it's it's about that, that data piece as well, saying you, know, you, there are so many elements here. You can in, increase the number of um, people signing up to, to your EDMs just based on the fact that you're giving back. So that's already meeting an objective you have there because people want to hear, they want to understand. So the chance to reframe that beyond... Uh, simply the quote-unquote cost um, becomes quite key in that. And and it's absolutely understandable that some brands aren't ready for that. But I think, um, as as you noted, the more brands that do join, uh, they need to be having that conversation internally about what this will mean and and what their approach will be to, to purpose.
2: Yeah, definitely. Your own pace. yeah I also wonder as well because I think one of the arguments I haven't heard it recently but maybe a couple of years ago and you briefly touched upon it before I think sometimes there's a push away from doing it because there's so many other things they think they should be doing before they move to charity mm-hmm. or you know they don't maybe don't consider themselves a sustainable ethic or perfect purpose-driven brand because of the history of the brand or for whatever reason Mm. and therefore they look upon, it almost is like this huge mountain to even work Uh, out where to start and it's like issues with supply chain, issues with product manufacturing before I even get to someone giving back and and that almost I think there can be a fear, correct me if I'm wrong, I think sometimes there's a fear in taking the step forward because it will expose me. To the public spotlight of all the other things that maybe I haven't quite got right in the business. I think
1: it's a it's a universal fear we all have it, the fear of perfection mm. that, that everything has to be at this level before um, it, it gets released or before you know I I want to um, say that I'm I'm proud of it and I think it, it's one where that can certainly be a huge player in, in people's decision making and, and, and a roadblock there but what we would say is that you know, no one is perfect even Patagonia talks about you know, um, minimizing harm um, and so the broader conversation is let, let's start with with where you're at and you know some of these plans are three to five year ten year plans in terms of what it actually takes to to change the direction that the business had been had been heading in, so we certainly are well aware that there are an enormous number of complexities, and perhaps consumers are only just beginning to understand um, that it's it's not the the fastest um, transition that that someone can make. So for us, we say this is actually one of the the first steps that you can take on this path, and you can start seeing how your customers respond, and you can. Build that transparency and say this is how we're beginning, and this is what our roadmap looks like. And then we certainly do recommend you know, exploring the B Corp status, etc. But it's it's a great way to just um, kind of overcome that that fear and that mountain, and just say I've started. Like I'm on the way. This is my one of my first public facing steps on the journey, and just keeping your, yourself and your consumers. Um, Across what that looks like, that accountability piece of, you know, we made great progress this year where we're online to meet the, the first objectives or actually, you know, COVID threw a total spanner in the works and we're not tracking at the pace that we would like to, but we've achieved this much. I think that's where people can really begin to connect with what it means to be adding purpose into a, to a business is just
2: mm.
0: saying it like it is.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely
0: agree. Mm. So our final question is one that we have asked all of our guests on the podcast so far, which is, what is one piece of advice that has served you well in your career or life?
1: Oh, just the one piece. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we can do multiple.
1: <laughs> no, look, I'm going to challenge myself. I think um, certainly one that's, that's played out for me time and time again is... The importance of integrity that's your integrity within all your decision making is is a non-negotiable as as far as I'm concerned so it's one where there can be so many different components going on they can a bit personal professional none of that stops but if you can manage within all the noise to say I made this decision for these reasons and, and these are the, the fundamentals and this is what I was able to do and I'm, I'm proud of it because you're, you're never making decisions in a perfect environment that just simply doesn't exist but it's all about integrity where you can say yes, it, it reflects who I am, what I believe in, my business, what, whatever it may happen to be. As long as it's actually true to, to what you believe in, then it's the right move
2: thank you so much for your time it's been an
1: absolute pleasure and thank you for opening the conversation to to businesses to have the opportunity to think about what what change and purpose might mean for them you know, regardless of whether they're at you know first sale size of their conceptualizing to get off the ground versus you know some of those those bigger players that you know we all look up to shop from and have the have the broader capacity to kind of be that voice within retail, that leadership.
0: If you enjoyed the chat, we'd love you to rate and review it. Plus, remember to subscribe and you'll be automatically notified when the next episode airs. If you'd like to learn more about Retail Oasis, please head to retailoasis.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok. Yes, we're there too. See you next time.